If you want to find a safe neighborhood to live in, choose one where the residents trust each other and have a lot of dogs to walk. This is about a new survey from The Ohio State University down in Columbus uh, suggesting that more dogs in the neighborhood often means less crime. Now, this study has been conducted by a group of students in sociology at The Ohio State University in Columbus. The lead researcher on the study, Nicolo Pinchak, joins us from West Virginia this morning where he's traveling on summer holidays. Nicolo, good morning and welcome to our show. Hi, it's nice to be talking with you. Well, it's good to have you with us. This is really interesting stuff, and especially, Niccolo, because of the pandemic. Over the last couple of years, due to uh, isolation requirements and being locked down and all the rest of us, more North Americans than ever before have found room in their lives for a furry companion. So this, the timing on this survey is excellent. Tell us why you, start, why you started doing it in the first place. So we were originally motivated by a long-standing theory proposed by a Canadian-American um, urban studies journalist. Her name was Jane Jacobs, very famous person. She had a lot to say about how cities should be built, but embedded in all of her writing is this model for how neighborhoods can deter crime. And she really thought that crime would be lowest in neighborhoods that are high in trust, as you said, but also high and what she calls eyes on the street or areas where residents are out and patrolling their space and they have a familiarity with what they're regularly seeing and able to point things out when things are wrong. There's a lot of evidence for the trust side of that argument from a lot of different perspectives, but the eyes part has been really hard for researchers to get at because a lot of the measures that are about street traffic end up picking up on places like shopping malls where there's a lot of traffic, but also a ton of crime. Right. And so the, the trick has been to find a measure of something that makes residents go out on their streets and control their residential space, rather than those really big, uh, busy-type mall places. And we really thought dogs could get at it. It turns out that they do. We started to read the literature about people and their dogs. There are experiments that give people a dog. They're much more physically active, mm-hmm. more know their neighborhoods talk to their neighbors more frequently. It is true. It's just for dogs. It's not for cats. If you give people another right. animal, you don't see the same benefits. <laughs> so yeah, we really thought it, it worked in, in terms of what Jacobs was telling us. So we put the data together and it all totally worked out. Yeah, guard cats, not exactly a big thing anywhere in North sure. America these days, sure. are they? Yeah, right. <laughs> it's right. A good Although po- people have asked, people have said that. They want to know, is, is it a pet thing or is it is it a dog thing? And of course, you know, it's, it's that eye stick and dogs are getting people to do that. That in, the other, in a way, other pets are certainly not. Exactly. Absolutely. So when Carol and I take Gracie, the Wheaton Terrier, out for her walks in our neighborhood several times every day, we're not walking the dog, according to what you found in your survey. We are. But in fact, we are also patrolling our neighborhood on a very regular basis, aren't we? Sure. Sure. Yeah. And I think, you know, you are able to say something's out of place here. Something is suspect, you know, this is just not the way it usually is. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you live in an area where you feel like you have that trust, you can say that is someone that I can I can call on behalf of. So when Um, I'm I'm sorry, just talking about the survey itself, the methodology involved, because you went back to a 2013 survey, Niccolo, to find out a sort of a database of, of pet ownership. Talk talk to us about that part and how you advanced from 2013 to now. Yeah, so the pet data itself is just from a large marketing company in Ohio. It asked 40-some thousand residents in Columbus whether or not they have a dog, and we were basically doing a sophisticated proportion of residents per neighborhood with dogs. Uh, The trust measure comes from an ongoing study that we're on. It's actually about GPS data and kids roaming around Columbus. Um, But a part of the survey was asking parents to what extent they trust people in their neighborhood and at places they regularly go to. 
1,400 adults, and they each report, you know, if they report five locations, you're getting a few thousand reports across the entire city. Sure. And you can aggregate those up to each neighborhood. And the crime data we got uh, from local municipalities in Columbus, and we got it for the same time period, just because that's when the market survey lined up with our survey about trust, and so we wanted to make sure everything was around the same time. So exactly. So though, it's, so it's a combination. It's the neighborhood, the neighborliness of a neighborhood, the, the trust in which people who live in a certain area place on each other, and yeah. which which basically boils down in most cases, Niccolo, to mutual respect. If nothing, you don't have to be palsy walsy. You just have to be able to get along and be able to keep an eye on everybody and each other, right? Sure, sure. You don't even need to know each other. Yeah, it it is. It is very much about, I mean, the, the word that keeps coming up is trust. It's about the extent to which you feel like you, you could be there for other people, even if you don't even know their name. And, of course, the, the other factor that dogs provide, uh, sometimes to the annoyance of the neighbors to say nothing of the dog owners, is barking. And while that can be extremely annoying at certain times and certain places, in neighborhoods, barking dogs are, are definitely a threat to criminals, aren't they? Certainly, yeah. So the results that you're talking about that are really about trust and dogs working together are mainly for these street crimes like robbery that are much more likely to occur on the street outside a place of residence. Sure. We also looked at property crimes, and we found some evidence that there's a benefit of that more dogs reducing crime independent of trust. You don't even need the trust component. And that makes sense if you think about barking, especially, you know, a criminal who's on the street and looking for a place to break into if they even see a beware of dog sign. They're just going to look for an easier target. If they hear the barking, they'll just move right on. So, yeah, barking, yeah, it's in my neighborhood, too. We think it's annoying, but this paper has given us a new look at it. But, yeah, it might actually be quite helpful. And have you had any response? I'm curious from uh, just in terms of these results being published here, you are on vacation for crying out loud, talking to some guy in Canada about this. Clearly, it's impacted well. So what are people saying about this? Uh, I think people really like it because it is intuitive. I think there's a lot of what you said. You know, people got a lot of dogs during the pandemic to fill the loneliness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think this is definitely on people's minds. Something that was nice about the pandemic, at least in my area, when kids were home, they were roaming around the neighborhood in packs and people were out again. And, you know, people were reminded that you can get to know one another without knowing each other's names. And you kind of see that street patrol thing. And I think people just started to uh, kind of reexamine how they think about those everyday behaviors. And dogs are certainly a part of that now. Interesting um, stuff. So, well, yeah, I think, it, I think the pandemic was a big part of why this this sold to a lot of people. It sure has. I mean, the numbers speak for themselves. It's quite stunning, actually, when you take a look at the acquisition of pets over the last couple of years. And the the, the downside of that, of course, Niccolo, is the fact that in some cases, not the same numbers, but in some cases, some of those pets are being returned as life for some gets more like it used to be. Right. Right. It is very sad. Yeah. We have a rescue dog ourselves and we know some people who have had to surrender. It is very sad. Yeah, it is. For those of us who are able to keep our dogs like you and me, uh, it's good to know that they're actually keeping crime in our areas down. (laughs) And it's a great survey. And thanks so much for taking a few moments out of your summer vacation to share it with us up here in Vancouver. Certainly. Absolutely. Nice talking with you. Our pleasure entirely. There's Niccolo Pinchak from the uh, the Ohio State University down there in Columbus. More dogs in the neighborhood often means less crime. Do tell.
Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.